0: State of Affairs for Missouri customers on this week's Renew Gurus. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy, policy, and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm Executive Director James Owen, coming to you live from the palatial Renew Missouri Studios in North Columbia, joined <laughs> joined on the board. Sorry, I kind of lost track of what I was thinking with Philip Frisica from his undisclosed location in uh, Kansas City. Hi, Philip.
1: Hey, good afternoon.
0: Or, or whenever you're listening. <laughs> Remember, we had to put on this illusion, Philip.
1: Yes, uh, good day or night.
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks. Okay, that's really helpful. Good save. Uh, our special guest, <laughs> coming from what appears to be his undisclosed location in Jefferson City, Dr. Jeff Mark the economist for the Office of Public Counsel, uh, where I used to work, we used to work together, and uh, almost almost at the status of perennial uh, Renew Guru guest. What's up, Doc?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here to get my uh, my card stamped, right? You know, I, I think two, two more <laughs> and I get a sandwich.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm too cheap for that. You're not going to get anything, <laughs> All uh, right, except yeah. for my undying gratitude, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so so like just so I mean so people will remember we always have to kind of remind people of, of how all this works the office of public, the office of public counsel is a government office it is authorized by statute it is the rate payers representative before the public service commission so whenever Amron or evergy or liberty or spire since spire just came in last week with a rate case they want to raise rates they want to do something substantial uh, the Office of Public Counsel serves as the de facto um, representative for the public. And, and Dr. Mark, among other things he does there, uh, is an expert witness. He talks about some of the uh, policy implications of, of the things the utilities are doing and generally um, is, is doing what he can to keep the customers um, as protected as they can.
1: Did I get it close? Yeah, no, I that's so. that was pretty good. Yeah.
0: Yes. I, still, I mean, like, I know that we don't, our offices don't agree uh, uh, on everything, but um, this year, this year we've kind of, you know, this is a, this is a weird year in case people haven't noticed. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, because there's been a lot of cases and we've talked about um, some of the matters involving uh, the utilities coming in, seeking recovery for, um expenses and lost revenue as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, Office of Public Councils obviously had a lot of uh, scrutiny of some of those requests. And we're new Missouri, because we represent the uh, National Housing Trust in some capacity, which is a uh, group that focuses on multifamily low-income housing. Well, we've been concerned about that too. So that's a big thing that we can talk about. But I mean, just generally speaking, um, now that I've given everyone a taste, I mean, how has, how has the, uh, how has your role, the Office of Public council's role, I mean, how, what, would, what would be your assessment of how that's, how that's been going in in the year of our Lord 2020?
1: You know, 2020 has been a, been a mixed bag, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, prepping for, for this call, uh, I, I actually look back at, you know, well, what, what did we accomplish this year? And it started off really well, actually. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we had a number of different cases come in. Uh, the two, two almost succinctly, uh, Amherst, Missouri was in for a rate case, and, and Empire District Electric was. They yeah. were both in for a rate case. The Ameren case actually resulted in a um, in thirty-two million dollar decrease uh, overall, which was which was a nice win for consumers. I mean, mm-hmm. it's you know pennies ultimately, you know, on on your bill, but it's 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 definitely better than an increase. Yeah. But, you know, within that rate case, there were a lot of, of smaller niche items that got settled that that I felt were really good for consumers. And, you know, I'll just top touch base on a couple of them, but um, part of it was was a settlement that included up to $8 million of shareholder funds. Uh, and we redirected $7 million of, so these, these are pure profits from, from the company, $7 million of that went to... Um, Amber, Missouri Community Action Agency. So agencies that put on weatherization uh, on, on income eligible homes, uh, you know, furnaces to HVACs, to, to insulation, all of that. Uh, we had 7 million additional dollars that went into uh, homes. Unfortunately, within like a week of settling that case, COVID hit, right? So. Uh, well,
0: okay, you know, so because like my brain is real fuzzy from that. Did, yeah. did, Am- did the Ambron the Am- case got settled before like that was in early March. Was that right? That's right. That's right. Okay. Gosh. Yeah. I yeah. thought that had happened after, <laughs> after all that, I know that Liberty did. I know we worked really, I mean, we spent a while working on Liberty. Oh, we'll to that in a minute, but I, I, gosh, I forgot that Ameren was right before that. Huh? Okay. I, yeah, the Ameren
1: case was, was really nice. I mean, for, in, in that sense, it resulted in a decrease. We had some programs that were opened up for customers. We, we, we agreed to a long-term, a larger study for uh, Ameren, Missouri low-income customers, and their keeping current program. Um, and I mentioned that the settlement uh, that had to do with with affiliate transaction uh, potential violation there, mm-hmm. but the the dollar amount was was unique in that I mean it, it's great. I mean seven million dollars can go a long way for a lot of households.
0: Um, oh, yeah.
1: but yeah. but within with, within two weeks of that the those dollar amounts being freed up, we. We got hit with COVID and shortly thereafter, uh, Ameren approached our office and asked whether or not we would be okay uh, with redirecting some of those funds towards um, a payment forgiveness program. And this is the Ameren, Missouri Clean Slate Program. And we, you know, it wasn't ideal. I mean, nothing about COVID is ideal, but, but no. we, we agreed to it. And we allocated three and a half million dollars uh, to that program. So half of our weatherization funds because the weatherization dollars, I mean, quite frankly, just weren't getting spent because uh, of COVID restrictions, right? They just weren't able to go into homes.
0: Well, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot. Our office has talked about this a lot with, you know, because, you know, when when you're doing weatherization, when you're doing energy efficiency, that requires someone to come in and audit and, and kind of do things to your home. And that was, especially at the first part of this, challenging because we didn't want people you know, interacting that way in, in such a close space.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, In fact, uh, <laughs> I got I got quoted like a headline article in the Midwest Energy News that said like a uh, consumer advocate of Missouri hates energy efficiency and you know says <laughs> that,
0: you
1: know, wants to stop funding for for Empire District Electric and then if anybody like actually bothered to read the article, you know, all, all I was saying was, Hey, maybe we should slow down, you know, because of all the reasons that you articulated. Right. Um, right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now you mentioned, I just want to kind of go back to this really quick. Cause that's a, you mentioned, you mentioned a phrase that we don't talk about much on this podcast. You talked about an affiliate transaction rule violation. Um, sure. Uh, I don't, I don't, we don't necessarily need to get into the violation, but can you kind of explain, we have an affiliate transaction rule, for a reason with the utility companies, and it kind of has to do with allocating costs and everything. Can you kind of explain that a little bit?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, affiliate transactions are—you um, look at the word. Think, think of an affiliate. It can be uh, both a regulated affiliate and an unregulated affiliate, but but effectively, it's a different company. Uh, yeah. But under the umbrella of that that holding company, that the parent company. So for for Amron, you know. Amron uh I guess Amron company what what is their their overall holding company.
0: Well is it it's like it's oh my gosh I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to botch this but it's well, like, right. like Union example. Electric isn't it?
1: Yeah like, it is that yeah. It's Union
0: Electric <laughs> but because like Amron has got Amron Missouri it's got the Amron Corporation Illinois. it's got Amron Illinois
1: Amron Transmission yeah it's Amron
0: Transmission Right. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, you know, mainly in Illinois, because that's a deregulated state, a restructured state, whatever you want to call it. They're mainly wires. They're mainly transmission in Illinois.
1: Right, right. Um, so, so yeah. you know, like a, a good example would be uh, the, the companies that we, we just named out there. Those are all uh, regulated affiliates. Right. But there could also be unregulated affiliates. Say Amber you know, uh, wanted to go ahead and start a solar business. Okay, well, Ameren could go ahead and open up its own solar business, but yeah. it would be a, an unregulated business, right? Because uh, they're competing with other solar companies out there. And we would need to make sure that there's a, a separation between that regulated business versus the unregulated business, right? Because otherwise, Ameren Missouri's regu- unregulated solar could have a competitive advantage over the mom and pop solar, Right. Right. Access to, you know, people's uh, energy use, for example, or anytime, you know, just by by the sheer nature of having to call up your utility to ensure that your solar panels are on or that you wanted to put solar panels on. Effectively, you're talking to one of their competitors, right?
0: Right. Yeah. uh,
1: That's a good example of an an affiliate transaction violation. Say if the utility was doing something that wasn't, you know, um, you know, transparent in in their in their holdings yeah Uh, so you know now i the 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 issue with the amber had nothing to do with solar i want to put you at ease right there right Right.
0: that's all hypothetical right right uh but i mean but i think that sets the point that that is oh my gosh you know i always try to convey with these podcasts and everything how how labyrinth and complicated you know, utility regulation can be, because I mean, that is this whole subject that like, say, uh, for Renew Missouri, we don't even really get into,
1: right? But oh, you do.
0: And the public service commission staff does. And you know, some of the other parties do, but it is, yeah, it's just like, I've fulfilled my education for the public today, because we've <laughs> told them about the affiliate transaction rule because that is, um, yeah, that that can have an impact on how much your bill is, because I mean, you know it is, it is a matter of transparency.
1: Yeah, it's it's it, it has huge huge ramifications on, on on so many things, right? So, um, you know, the, the 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 main takeaway is that you know these are regulated natural monopolies. You know, and yeah. we we're talking about COVID. Um, unlike Macy's or Chili's or any of the other companies that are struggling or have gone out of business here, yeah. your electric company. That's it. Right. I mean, you know, right. you don't have in Missouri, you don't have the luxury of choosing a different electric company. You know, you're, right. you're stuck with with who you are. Uh, so uh, to prevent abuse and to, to make sure that you were operating in a transparent proxy for the market as, as much as possible. We do the regulation and we, we, we have rules in place and we have a whole dedicated staff, both within our office, but to the larger PSC staff, which is, you know, numbers in the hundreds of people. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and I remember like, yeah, because I now remember the Amron Missouri came in with their rate case last July. I mean, they filed like the la- like it was um, it was like the first of July. I remember that because i just got out of surgery when they called and right. said they were going to be doing stuff and they were seeking a rate decrease and it was because of um there was some reason for that it was um was it because it was oh it was because of the tax. it was wasn't it because of the federal tax issue yeah. they cut because the congress mm-hmm. had cut the federal tax obligation and here's another thing i think we've talked about before but you know, when utility companies are looking at what your rates are going to be as far as an increase goes, they look at how much are being taxed at the federal level, and that factors it in. But if they get a tax cut, that will impact what you know what what they what they need to operate. Um, and so, I think that was what the basis for that rate decrease was. Then,
1: and it, I remember and- right. I think the initial decrease was, you know, I mean, it was very small. It was essentially right. rates the same, but, you know, we, we might have a decrease of a million dollars. And yeah. and because we opened up the books over the course of about eight months, eight to nine months, uh, we found all sorts of other issues and, you know, they, they were brought to light and uh, it, it worked out really well because uh, everybody agreed at the end of the day. Everybody said, yeah. OK, well, you know, we, we can live with this number. And it was a black box settlement. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, but it did include a lot of niche items that, that yeah. I think were very consumer friendly. Oh, and, and I'll yeah. just put this in real quick, but, but spoiler alert, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You referenced that the tax cuts, um, mm-hmm. that's actually been, um, a, that that's gotten a lot of conversation around our office because, um, you know, if, if we're hinting towards things in 2021, even maybe 2022, I, w- I would not, uh, I, I would definitely expect uh, the taxes to come back. So, you know, e- even oh. e- even if like there were zero investments over the next year or two, um, mm-hmm. ratepayers could probably expect to see a significant increase just by taxes alone, but for the corporate tax, yeah. right? Well,
0: and there's, but there's also, I mean, I think Ameren's going to come in again.
1: They are. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. And now, and that kind of brings me to like what was interesting about the timing of the amron rate case was okay, we got that settled. But Liberty Empire out of Joplin came in. And then we were supposed to have a rate. I mean, um, there's supposed to be a hearing, but then when COVID hit, they modified what they were seeking. Um, they were asking for a pretty sizable rate increase, if I recall. They were asking for some. Substantial changes to the rate design, which is, uh, you know, with Renew Missouri, is of, of great interest to us uh, because we like the idea of um, rate designs encouraging conservation, encouraging more of a volumetric rate as opposed to a fixed rate. But that's something that you and uh, that our offices are, are, are aligned with on. Right. And um, they were they they looked at a significant decrease, but there were still concerns that your office had about what liberty was wanting to do i can't did that that didn't go to hearing did it it did go to hearing
1: it did did go to hearing. yeah that's right Um, it was it was a an odd case right because it was right in the middle of like the height of um an actual lockdown i mean like the the state april right right so you know that that seems like such a long time ago but there was a time (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) there, there, there was you know right yeah yeah so so Back then, um, really, we didn't know what was going to happen, and it was that that first wave, right? And I'm using, mm-hmm. you know, air quotes right now, but that that first wave was about to hit, and um, everything locked down. I mean, we we I started operating from my basement uh, for work, um, and we were negotiating with like. Is that why
0: you look like you're you're calling from the set of Boogie Nights? Is that why Oh,
1: gosh, I know, right. <laughs> <laughs> the wood panels oh, yeah, I
0: couldn't help it's it's got the uh you gotta got the balsa wood back there sorry sorry I it's a visual okay, joke.
1: Uh, this is, this is,
0: <laughs> sorry this is sorry, I'm having a rough year I'm trying to be funny
1: <laughs> uh Yeah, so, so yeah, COVID hit, and it it was a nightmare just just professionally, just trying to negotiate and and to make things happen. Well,
0: yeah, because, I mean, like, thinking about, like, okay, folks, I mean, with these rate cases, you might have, like, 20, 30 parties. And every party has, like, a representative and a couple of lawyers and some technical experts. And we were trying to figure out how to do all of that remotely, which is logistically – I mean, I, you know, like we were just trying to figure out like how it was going to work to like even develop a, a, like a, a working record.
1: Right, right. Yeah. We, we were, I mean, we, we weren't all Zoom experts at that point, right? So no, no, there's all was, sorts right. of technical issues. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the the commission actually, we didn't have an on the record hearing, but we had two additional rounds of written testimony. Yeah. And the, the attorneys filed briefs. I mean, it was, I wrote, so I probably wrote, I am not kidding probably about 300 pages of testimony oh my gosh Gosh. and you
0: write a lot anyway
1: i know i know as a
0: reminder folks with with psc cases most of the rounds of testimony direct uh, redirect uh, reply is all done in writing where we have this schizophrenic process where we ask questions and we give the answers and i do some of that work for renew missouri philip does some of that work for renew missouri um, and, and certainly Jeff does a lot of that work for Office of Public Counsel. So that's just a remind that we have to do a lot of that. And the only time that really the main purpose of the hearing is to for the other parties to do cross-examination based on that written testimony.
1: That that is true, and we, you know, the, the Liberty case was unique because we did not gain any friends in that case. We we our office was the lone holdout, and everybody else, yeah. n- including you guys, signed on yeah. uh, to. I, I want to say like no increase. I think is what it was.
0: Yeah, and I don't think they were going to change the uh, the. I think they call it the commercial, not not the commercial, the customer rate. Right. I don't think they were going to do an increase on that, and that was that was our big issue with that case.
1: Right. Right. Uh,
0: and so when they said that, we said, well, I mean, obviously would we have liked to have seen it be decreased? Yes, but I can't think of a time in uh, recent history of the PSC where that's actually happened.
1: Right, and you know, even how that, that case is, there there are two separate appeals right now in that rate case. Uh, both our office is appealing it and the company's appealing it. The company, because the, the commission gave them a 9-2-ROE, which was right. uh, very fair and just, right?
0: And, and pretty common. I mean, I, you know, like we, uh, I think, you know, we've talked about this, we, we've started doing some work in Kentucky. And I, I had to do ROE testimony for this uh, Kentucky Power Company case. And I was looking at vertically integrated um, states and how their ROEs were set. And by the way, folks, ROE is the amount of money that after, you know, utility does capital investments, that's how much they can um, recover uh, from ratepayers, which is a, a you know pretty sizable benefit of being a, a monopoly utility um and 9.2 is like the average right now right for a vertically integrated state so i mean that would match
1: yeah yeah i mean you know we we we, we, we kind of tongue-in-cheek talk about risk with you know what you what risk right for utilities right. But, <laughs> yeah but, but this i mean if you're a utility and, and you do have control over the rate case timing this is not a time you want to come in for a rate case. You know, no no scene utility sitting there saying, yeah, you know, during a a global recession (laughs) and a worldwide pandemic, this is a great time to ask for more money. Uh, So So,
0: one of the big topics in policy is, and we'll get to this in a minute with with disconnections and arrears and that sort of thing. I mean, yeah, it does. I mean, whether or not they have the need, Mm -hmm. I mean, I understand like factually you can have the need, but there is a public perception issue that everyone's got to kind of look at too. And
1: that yeah. looks bad. Oh, no, no, absolutely. And you know, this this is no one's fault. I mean, both Ameren and Liberty filed these cases well before right. COVID existed, right? Yeah. So, right.
0: Which also shows you, I mean, these things are, are long processes, but uh, as a reminder, and we've talked about this before, there's a reason they're so long. These take generally about 11 months. Um, and the reason is, is because, you know, if we didn't have them be so long, and they're kind of expensive, utility companies would have an incentive, or maybe they would have less incentive, uh, you know, to not raise, I mean, they would be raising their rates more frequently. That's so right. it's supposed to be trying to mimic competition, or at least that is a theory of how of how this kind of regulation works.
1: Yeah, that's, so, the, that's, that's the idea. And, you know, honestly, um, for the most part, I think it does a fairly good job of it.
0: Yeah, I think it does. Uh, I know they don't. I mean, I know that there has, I mean, ever since I've been involved with utility uh, stuff, which is now coming up close to five years, Jeff, Mark, that you and I have known each other. um, uh, You know, that has always been, they've always said they, I mean, the utilities don't want any. Right. uh, Any period between this. I mean, they've always been trying to figure out ways to get immediate rate increases based on. Oh, various formulas and tools and that sort of thing. But I mean, ultimately when it comes down to it, most states still do this process.
1: That's right. That's right. And what, what, what James is referring to is that what we call historical test year mm. uh, on it, it, It's looking at rates retrospectively, uh, right. setting them for the future. Right. Um, the cost that you incurred retrospectively being set moving forward. Uh, but yeah, I, I I'm a big fan, you know, yeah. Uh, heart carrying member of the historical test year club
0: <laughs> and there's hybrid test years and there's future test years and ah. <laughs> you could you could talk about that right talk about that a lot too all right but okay so those are the two rate cases and actually now i mean before we get on the COVID stuff there is a spire that the the largest gas utility in the state has just filed that's right uh, a uh a rate case um we are gonna get involved with it. National Housing Trust is gonna get involved with it. There's a lot in that one. Those there, are big cases. The spire cases are pretty big.
1: Yeah. The last spire case was the last, I mean it was a couple of years ago, but 17. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a knockdown drag out fight. I think we had something. I kid you not, there was something like well over a hundred issues that went to hearing.
0: Yeah. It was it was like what, two weeks? yeah the hearing uh yeah like, all day,
1: like like you know from first thing in the morning to late night i mean it yeah was, yeah yeah
0: and i remember yeah and i and i know that um there were lingering issues from when i was public counsel that were being brought up there and that was it was going on when i was here and we were involved with it and um yeah my gosh what a mess
1: yeah it was it was a mess hopefully um this upcoming Spire rate case won't be uh, as drastic. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic, but you're right. There, there are a lot of issues. There's, there's a lot of uh, unique items. uh, Yeah, there is gas, right. Yeah. Um, uh, Tree planning. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's there's, there's some stuff that you don't normally think of when you say natural gas company, right. Uh, Right. That's not the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, But, but definitely Spire has, has invested or or appears to be investing in in, uh sort of a rebranding of of how they've done things
0: uh yeah i mean i you know we're still trying to absorb all of it there's a lot i am from our perspective optimistic about right right i kind of look at it from a totality it doesn't look like it's got the same issues and i i think you know spire is kind of i think they are trying to like be a little more kinder gentler uh, utility than what they were when they were like, say, trying to get me fired on a daily basis when I was public counsel. <laughs>
1: <Zing>. uh, i was saying, I'm so
0: glad I... I'm still around, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably like, oh, thank God we got rid of him. That big headed idiot can go back to writing wills. And then I just still kept working in energy policy, you know. So
1: well, yeah, that, I mean they, they would say that 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 was inspired. That that was LeClile gas. Yeah, that was, that was oh. a completely different person, right? Oh,
0: that's right. That was an affiliate transaction violation. Yeah. Um <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> So yeah, so that just got filed so we'll be dealing with that over the next calendar year just about. Um but yeah, you know kind of you know we we've talked about these things that were filed prior to COVID, but what took up a lot of your focus and what ended up taking up a lot of my focus and of Renew Missouri's focus this year were the, well, Aspire had a, a had a COVID case, COVID case, I should say they had, <laughs> they had a COVID docket where they were trying to recover, where they were trying to seek kind of an order that would allow them to recover certain expenses and, and, and losses in a later rate case, like, a, you know, and same with Evergy. That's right. And That's right. and and all the other utilities have done that too but really i think that you know spire we were able to get resolved you and i we oh, i can't still believe that we got that resolved because that was that was a mess and we'll talk about that a little bit but then we did have to do a hearing on average we did that in the middle of november right right my group was involved national housing trust was involved obviously you all were deeply involved with that i mean so yeah, and we've talked about AAOs on this podcast about that bookkeeping process, but I mean, you know, from the perspective, you know, I mean, you know, there was a the thing that a lot of them came in. I'm trying to figure out how to best approach this because there's a lot of weird moving parts with this. I mean, they were seeking revenue loss, potential revenue loss initially.
1: On this, yes. you know, the 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 best way to look at this when we, we talk about those those accounting orders. Um, I mean, really, they're they're a signal to Wall Street that says, uh, you know, the commission's got our back and we're going to be able to recover our revenues and, and we're going to be able to book them accordingly, you know, with tax purposes and with the SEC. Right. Uh, so it's it's a nice little box to check. Um, and, you know, it, it, it could increase their overall you know earnings in, in theory. Um really what, what you're looking at is with stuff like this is, well, what, what's the rest of the country doing? What, what are other states doing? And right. in, in Missouri, uh, we really lived up to the moniker of, of the show me state. And we didn't weigh in on, we technically, our, our commission still hasn't weighed in on the Evergy case. No, they haven't. So, but, you know,
0: we're taping this a week early, but I mean, I I, I thought there could have been a possibility of what is going to be on this week's agenda, but it's not, is it?
1: No, I think the next agenda is the 30th. So maybe then um, I I guess we'll, we'll see, but um, it's in the future for us, (laughs) you know, so we we looked at what other States were doing and and some States got out ahead and said, yeah, you can, you can book lost revenues. um, But you know, you're not guaranteed to get them. It's just something, you know, we'll, we'll consider uh, and then some states said, hell no, you know, like there's, there, you, you can't do this, that, you know, clearly everybody's suffering and you're not immune because again, you know, you're a proxy, this is a proxy for the market, right? Because
0: yeah. um, keep in mind, like Kansas, like with Evergy, the, the challenge there was, you know, Evergy covers Missouri and Kansas. In Kansas, prior to us having a hearing on it Missouri, their regulators said, yes, you get to have the opportunity right. later on. To right. consider lost revenues. Now, the other thing to remember is, even if this order was approved, or they were able to do that, they don't have to do it. It just gave them the potential to do it. But you would think they were going to do it because they were asking for it to begin with.
1: That's uh, that's right, James. Right. Um, you know, and here, you know, I'll say this: I've got nothing but love for Spire with the AAL. I, I thought their management stepped up, and and they, they did. They did they the did. right thing. Uh, not only did they say no lost revenues but they came forward um, with collaboration both with our office, your office mm-hmm. and with the National Housing Trust and came forward with, with a pretty innovative uh, rearage management program uh, right. that you know should be helping and in, in is I was actually on a call yesterday with Spire but you know it's, it, it's launched it, it's got a number of applicants and we, we expect it to, to continue but. I mean, it's
0: really, I mean, it's really one of those things when you think about the economic impact of COVID that we've been dealing with since March, there's so many people who have lost their jobs, lost sources of income, and are struggling to keep up with their utility bill. Um, And so, you know, what, what, you know, our purpose was with National Housing Trust, especially, and, and what your office was, I mean, we were trying to figure out. How to make this manageable, how to make this feasible, and, and not necessarily, I mean, like f- from my perspective anyway, not kick this down the road to where we were using future ratepayer funds to cover things now. Right. Although I know that there was discussion about doing that, using ratepayer funds to help offset expenses now, but like, you know, trying to figure out a way so this didn't extend any longer than it needed to.
1: Right. Right. I mean, we I, had to
0: go round and round on that. But I mean, I think that's where we ended up and it turned out to be pretty good, I think.
1: Yeah. No, I, I would agree. And we 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 ended up with a similar arrangement with Missouri American Water Company, which is the largest mm-hmm. water utility in the state. Uh, so, so both of those settled uh, with unanimous stipulations and agreement. So literally everybody that was a party to the case said, yeah, we, we, we can go along with this product. Yeah. Um, not so with Avergy, right? We we, we 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 hit a snag wow. with, it, with with that company, uh, and that actually ended up being a contested case, uh, and we had two days of hearings over that, uh, and it largely centered on uh, the the customer programs, uh, which is which is a disappointment from from my perspective.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and there's been some pretty, I mean, they've not only Evergy, but some of the other utilities that have been involved with that case that intervene in that case, because another thing, folks, whenever a utility comes in with a case, the other utilities will often be interveners along with us, and along with the, uh, I mean, uh, Office of Public Counsel is a natural intervener, they don't have to do anything to apply for that, we do, uh, these other utilities do, but they're trying to <laughs> make an argument. They, they don't want the other utilities to screw it up for them. So sometimes <laughs> they get involved. Because I read, I, I was kind of reading Amron's uh, brief on, well, yeah, I, I, mean, I guess for lack of a better word, National Housing Trust's argument about why these AAOs should have conditions on them. Some of the same conditions that your office was arguing for and just really being very, very aggressive with pushing back on that. Um, because I think they seem to think, well, this is a separate issue we need to be dealing with this separately, huh? even though they don't really seem to want to do that either. <laughs> but thats we'll get to that here in a minute. Right. Right. So, but I mean, they're basically saying like, look, why make this more complicated than it is? We're trying to like talk about bookkeeping here. You're talking about these conditions that are going to be for customer protections. It seems like a separate thing from their perspective. I don't see it that way. And clearly you don't see it that way either, but that's how they see it.
1: Yeah. you know all I can say was it again it was just disappointing um, mm-hmm. you know if, if you're gonna walk the walk right is, is the sort of phrase that gets thrown a lot thrown around a lot I, I quoted at, at the former CEO at the time you know Terry Bassum was saying yeah um, you know we're all in this together right It's a message to the company and or to, to all of the the ratepayers within the average service territory and then it didn't, you know, for, from our perspective, the company didn't follow that, you right. know? And, um, you know, it, it's, it's still a live issue. We'll see how it yeah, plays yeah. out. Yeah. You know, who, who knows, but yeah. Um, but Evergy
0: has, I mean, you know, one of the things that we had, you and I, our organizations, our office to had talked about was like, you know, how are we going to be dealing with disconnections? And Evergy has now um, and they had done a voluntary disconnection moratorium earlier in the year, but they're not going to do any, uh disconnections until March of 2021.
1: That's right. That's right. right.
0: Yeah. Uh, I and I, I'll tell you this. I think this is my opinion. I don't have any insight from the utility about this. I think it was because of pressure being put on by these other parties in these cases that that we have that maybe that's Uh my opinion (laughs) i'm not asking you to endorse that opinion dr jeff mark (laughs) office of public Counsel. i'm just saying that's what i think i mean because i because i will say this i mean i think sometimes it's easy to look at you know well especially like our group we're we're an ngo we're not a part of the government we get involved in these things and there's a there's a tendency that sometimes we don't always get wins on these things we're looking for but i do think that the pressure applied by these groups in these cases can tend to lead to, even if it's not from the Public Service Commission, voluntary management decisions by the utilities to do things that are in the public interest.
1: Oh, I would, I would absolutely agree with with with, with the sentiment and that um, you know uh, action matters. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, you're...
0: why would I be doing this impossible job where everyone hates my guts? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> James, you guys, you guys have gotten a ton of wins, though. I mean, like, and, and clearly your action, you know, in yeah. all of these contested cases is, you know, a real just just a testament to anybody that donates and that believes in in, in your in your well, mission. Well, thank
0: you for mentioning that because we are still doing our year in appeal. Um, and we need <laughs> people to donate money, uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, here's the thing: like, we have a talented team. We got good people working here, but but the thing is, I I, I will tell you that when we see where we can work with other parties i mean because i again there's like 20 30 parties in every one of these cases usually right but i always find that there's somewhere that we can look at another party and say well we see close on this i mean i you know like one thing that bothers me and i'll just i'll throw these other people under the bus there's other environmental groups i'll, I'll say
1: they're best of us, right? Huh? best of us oh yeah i'm
0: airing out my grievances
1: right
0: you know um there, there's a, there's a, there's a all or nothing mentality there. That, well, we need to. Sh- this is part of our mission, and if we can't get the end all result of what we're asking for, we shouldn't get anything. And I just don't. I mean, I know that I we push really hard. We try to push really hard. We are aggressive. Uh, but at the end, in the end, I like trying to resolve this stuff. Right. I don't like walking away or blowing something up if I can help it. Um,
1: no, because- no I, yeah, I, I think that's a skill set that you definitely bring to the table that I appreciated when when you were my boss and um, w- when we would negotiate. Uh, you definitely had a, a larger picture, bigger picture. Um, you know, is this really the sword that we want to die on? <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. it, that's, you're right. There, there are a lot of people that enter into this niche field and um misread the room right
0: yeah i'll I'll tell you my experience in in the i'll just get to this kentucky case you know i found that like with that there was a lot of people from outside of the state that were involved in that case they did not work they, they didn't seem to work with the other people in the room as well as like say when you're talking about in missouri we have yeah 20 or 30 parties but you see the same people Right. Most of the time. And I I think there is something to the fact that we understand each other to the extent where, you know, I'm not saying we're pushovers or anything, because I I certainly don't want to give that impression that we're like in some Illuminati club and we're, you know, working out some deal. But I think we understand each other's pressure points, points where you need to back off. And I think there's something to be said. There's a professionalism there. And a respect for most people have a respect for the intelligence of the other people because we have very talented, skilled people working on this stuff in the state, in my opinion. I think there's some people that I would look at and I get maybe a little PO'd at them sometimes, but I think they're really good at what they do. Right. Um, and no, and I I'll, think that's important. I think that matters in the end.
1: Yeah. Uh definitely uh you, you don't want to burn bridges. I, I will say this, what, what's great about having Renew Missouri in as an intervener or in, in, in many of the other different, you know, perspectives of, of other interveners in, in the cases is this. Um, and this is a term that, that I heard one of my attorneys in our office coin. I don't know if he originally coined it. Uh, if he did, then, you know, hats off to him. But he, he used the phrase ecosystem of accountability. And mm. and I like that um, yeah. because, I I wear a hat as a consumer advocate. I sit there and I I know what my bottom line is and and sort of mission statement is, so to speak, within our office. And that's a pretty broad mission statement when you're talking about the public in general because, you know, you might not have catched it, but, you know, opinions seem to be a little uh,
0: uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I hear because you even hear like with different
1: Consumer groups. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes.
0: Because you, you not only does you not, you have the hospital council, which is created by statute, which is part of the government. You have industrial consumer groups, you have consumer council, which I think you're seeing a little bit of a shift in what their focus is. It used to be kind of more of a broad low income consensus. I feel like it's getting a little more specific now because they've got new leadership very good leadership Jackie Hutchison out of, okay. uh, out of st. Louis who I like a lot um, but yeah even that's not easy
1: no no <laughs> I mean yeah well, you know I um, are sort of patting ourselves on the back here but being being confrontational you know and, and standing up for stuff is is difficult um yeah
0: you
1: yeah. know there's there, there's you're trying to get the right temperature in any case. You know, you're reading the room, you're thinking what the long play is. The, the fact that you've got to, even if you take an issue to, to hearing, you know, and sometimes we'll take an issue to hearing knowing that we will probably lose. Sure. However, yeah. we think it's important that the commission hears this. And we we think it's important that the commission gets these certain facts in, in front of them because right. otherwise a black box settlement's silent on it, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, you know, think, well, is there any policy rationale for that sort of thing? Uh, You know, I, look, I think, I think settlements are a good thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think there's just too much going on. There's too much money being involved with all of these parties and all of these plans. And we've got like big turning points with all of our utilities right now. I mean, certainly, you know, I know that we have to look at the state administration, the federal administration, and figure out how those are going to impact that, which are sometimes things that we have no control over in our offices and how that's going to have an impact on these things we do. And, you know, we just have to like, just keep moving.
1: You You know, know? I'm
0: a big believer in
1: that. You're right. You know, the the other thing here, then I don't think this gets stressed enough, but just time, right? I mean, there's only Uh, so many hours in a day and there are so many issues in so many cases, right? It's, well, you know, what's our priority? Uh, Because you, you you know, you can't do everything, No. right? Um, As much as I'd like to, you you can't. I mean, there's there's
0: things that turn out to be a bigger deal than we originally thought that we should have been involved with. But at the time you make a judgment call and you say like, well, I mean, it didn't look like a significant thing. We had other things we were doing. We have five people in this office you know, and a couple of part-time folks. But I mean, you know, we have to be careful with that. You have a bigger office, but, you know, my opinion is you all should have probably more people. I always believed that when I was there because you right. have auditors, you have you as an economist, you have an engineer, you have lawyers. Um, but it's still, I mean, you're talking about you all have to get involved with every case or you get involved with a lot right. of cases.
1: Right, and right. it's not
0: even stuff like this, but it's small water cases.
1: Right, right.
0: It's big yeah. water cases, which we don't do. Right. Um, so, yeah, man, what a mess.
1: <laughs> you know what, though? It's, it's, I, I, I love my job. Like, I, I, and I love this field. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it really is. Uh, it's, I'm never bored. And there's always something that it, it, is intellectually challenging, but it's also it, you see very very few things. I think in life can you see an immediate impact? You know that's happening on the public. That's in, and and long term, right? Um, I often joke that um, I, I feel like our office and, and renew in, in a lot of ways are, are very similar. Uh, we're just kind of arguing from different time perspectives, right? it's, it's sort of not so
0: different. You and I, that's right. right. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, no, uh, that's right. I mean, I, I look at it like we are, you know, dealing with a different sides of the public interest coin. I mean, you are more clearly ingrained with that because you're part of the state, but we still have a public interest mission as a not-for-profit. Like there's a, there's a public focus of what we have to do. Um, and yeah, and that, and that's, and, you know, and like you talk a little bit about, you know, these different intellectual things you approach. I mean, like, I know we don't have a lot of time, but we these new there's going to be some things in the next year uh, that are issues that you and I, our organizations have pushed for that are going to be issues in cases like value of solar, like distributive energy resources, like these virtual power plants. Right. Right. You originally, I think, mentioned to me in a podcast appearance couple of years ago and I was like that is really cool this idea that like you know solar and storage on individual customer properties can then be used by utilities to call up power when they need it which at the time was really kind of an R&D thing that some of the utilities were working on but now it's going to be something the utilities have to address in PSC filings
1: huge 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 implications that's on- huge not just because of the technology, not just because of the price, you know, point with solar, rooftop solar, mm-hmm. but also FERC uh, and, and, and the, the FERC orders. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's going to be a lot to unpack there, uh, but it's it it's an exciting time, to, to say the least, uh, to see how it's all going to play out. I know, and I don't know how, how active you've been over in, in Kansas, but um, we're working on it. When I can, I've been checking out the uh, that's that rooftop solar docket that they just got through with. Oh my gosh,
0: what a nightmare that is!
1: Yeah, Then that, that, that
0: Supreme Court that, told them not to do that, and they're still trying to do it. The Evergy, the the company, it's yeah. it is. There are so many other problems to be tackling.
1: Right. Right.
0: And I know those guys are smart and I know that they do care about renewable energy, but like to say that we don't care about whether our customers are doing it or we're trying to freeze that out. I I, I think it just, I think it just, again, it, the perception of it just looks so bad. Yeah. And you know, they're trying to do that in Missouri. Like there's, I mean, we, we had a whole podcast about this last time about okay. they're trying to allow utilities to have charges on solar customers here, just like that. Mm -hmm. and for what purpose there's so much you can do with this like this like the ability to harness that and make it part of an overall utility strategy right which we have the technology that we're going to be able to formulate very very soon and yet they're still worried about these antiquated regressive ideas
1: it is it is it is definitely difficult uh terrain to to unpack and to to navigate because there are so many issues at play um but this is this is why it's great. It's why it's important to have you know uh, an advocate you know like Renew to go ahead and be able to articulate these issues, uh, yeah. because you know I, I'm not sure anybody really does you know ha, has that sort of uh, perspective that, that in front of the commission that just focuses yeah. on on it, really like on solar and some of these other distributive issues.
0: Yeah, I mean you know there's a lot of states around us that have a lot more groups that do this work, and I don't I don't really quite know why we're yeah, it. I think maybe because PJ Wilson, when he founded this group with Aaron Noble, like was such an oversized personality mm-hmm. and, and kind of a revolutionary personality. Maybe it just maybe people said like, well, he's got it under control. I mean, listen, I, I can assure you, there's room for other advocates in this, Um but, it, it, but, it but we're doing it, I guess. <laughs>
1: I, I'm sure that that's definitely worth another podcast, but, you know, why yeah. like a state like North Carolina, you know, has got all this solar and, you know, different mm-hmm. interactions. Like, I don't, what makes, what's unique about North Carolina? I don't know. Um,
0: uh, I think it's because you've got more, uh, I think your economy is better there. I think that's like, that's, that's a, I think renewable and sustainable, uh, 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 you know, people having access to that, a state that welcomes it draws other businesses i mean i I will always maintain that it is that when you see these attacks on grain belt from the legislature when you see attacks on some of these other clean energy projects that you've seen the past couple years i get phone calls from businesses saying is missouri going to be okay to do business here Mm. And, and it's not just clean energy people Right. right. I I mean, I don't I don't really know if anybody's really looking at that and saying, like, what are the real implications of that? I mean, I know legislature has kind of got their 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 things in front of them and that's what they do. And that's certainly their prerogative. But I don't think anyone's looking at it from a big picture that it's saying this is discouraging people from investing in Missouri's economy. And if anybody from the state of Missouri is listening to this, I know I beat this over the head with everybody I talked to, but I do believe that those clean energy improvements does lead to a better economy. You can get more information from me by going to WUBO.org. So Jeff, I, doctor, uh, I know we don't have much more time with you. Um, right. You know, kind of, I know we've talked a lot about this year. I mean, what do you, I mean, do you, what's the big thing on the horizon for next year that you see that the public should be aware of, or like that you think that people should be thinking about?
1: I am, hmm, that's a great question. Uh, so what, what, what keeps me <laughs> up at night? Uh... uh I am concerned about rate shock. I am concerned about, uh, I'm concerned about the PISA investments coming due, uh, on the horizon. I'm concerned about the taxes increasing. Like I said, we, we don't need to invest a, a single dollar and and our rates are going to more than likely increase, uh, yeah. just from the federal government. Uh, I'm concerned about the economy, uh, suffering right now. Yeah. Uh, and, and trying to raise rates within that climate. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of rate cases, we are going to be very busy, or we should be. I
0: think that's, I think we are too. Yeah. that's. Yeah. yeah, I I think, you know, you're talking about PISA, you're talking about, that's part of Senate bill 564 that got passed in 2018, which I know that I have raised concerns about. Now I understand that it has led to a lot of renewable energy investment. Mm -hmm. That's what, however, that process, is going to, I think, end up surprising people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: as you said, I don't. I, I guess rate shock would be the phrase for it. But I think you're going to start seeing rates increase.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, there's 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 an opportunity cost to to everything. Um, and I, you know, the the piece of yeah, they included you know renewables in it, but there's a lot of other things in there. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I, 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 know. I've, I've been telling people, like I said, you know, all the people that made that decision to vote on that are going to be gone by the time the consequence happens. That's how term limits. Just that's going to be the nature of term limits. And so the people that voted on it, who advocated for it, who stared at you, like stared through you because they did not care to hear anything uh, contrary to just other than it saying like, oh, this is good. This is good for grid modernization and the infrastructure. They're going to be gone. And but that but that is, I think, going to be something that is is going to be a problem.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and just I'll, I'll just say this, uh, as much as I'm concerned about stuff, I, I do think, uh, you know, every crisis presents opportunities. Yeah, and, you know, that's that's what's great about, you know, what we do. Uh, is we're able really to to get involved in-, in some of these cases and and try to you know find the most optimal outcome for for consumers but you know for the companies and for for the in, in general so
0: yeah
1: keeping the fingers crossed
0: fingers crossed and um you know on since we're going about ready to end just on a lighter note we we usually spend more time on this that we have to edit anything you've been watching that you should tell our audience about they should watch <laughs> Man, <laughs> streaming
1: that's a good question. Um, what have, have I you been- watched the
0: Ted Lasso share series, uh, Jeff?
1: No, tell me about it.
0: Oh my gosh, it's it's on it's on Apple TV, which I've been getting for free because I got a new phone. It's a Jason okay. Sudeikis, yeah, uh, uh, KU zone from Shanshani Mission. Uh, he plays a football coach from Kansas who gets recruited to be a coach for a soccer team in in Britain. <laughs> and I mean, I know you can think like. Well, this is just one of these kind of fish out of water things. It's actually very sweet and very sincere. Oh,
1: great.
0: Great. It's uh, is, is kind of a surprising leading guy. Like, I think he's got a lot of depth that uh, you don't you wouldn't expect maybe from a Saturday Night Live guy, but it's good. You can tell he's probably been going through a lot of personal problems in his life. I know him and his girlfriend just broke up. Yeah. You got a sense that some of that was going on when he was thinking about that character. It's it's good, it's really good.
1: Nice. Nice. The guy oh, who
0: created Scrubs yeah. developed it. Okay. bill lawrence and so it, it's it's a good show i like it a lot
1: i have been tapping in i got a hbo go uh, yeah. here recently, yeah. and it's been a amc uh movie classics i've just been going and watching everything uh, have what- you
0: seen how to with john wilson on hbo
1: what's the first one it was really good oh
0: my gosh i love i've seen all six of them now
1: oh okay i
0: I cannot get over how brilliant yeah. that show is.
1: The first one was small talk. It was, it was funny.
0: Oh yeah. The one about, the one about how to improve your memory. Okay. Is one of the most, um, I mean, i I'm still kind of slack jawed by it. Okay. That's how, that's how good it is.
1: Nice. Well, like right. The
0: Mandela effect stuff, you know, about the Mandela effect.
1: No, no. Tell me.
0: Oh, well, no, it's this whole belief that we have this collective misremembering about things. And there's some people who believe it's because we have shifted into alternating timelines. Ah. Like there's a belief, I guess, that a lot of people thought Nelson Mandela died in prison, which he didn't.
1: Right, clearly,
0: right. He became president of South Africa. But like there's this whole belief that there's these things that have happened in our in our past that we have just as a society didn't remember correctly but it's not that we misremembered him it's this something cosmic changed it it is the wildest thing i've ever heard
1: you, you you've sold me i can i can honestly say what i've spent the vast majority of my time free watching has been looney tunes with my kids i oh, uh, yeah. hadn't been really exposed to the looney tunes cartoons and yeah. we actually talked a little bit about this but uh yeah some of those older looney tunes uh <laughs> i mean they're, they're class-
0: problematic yeah, they're- <laughs> Of some in? of them yeah <laughs> yeah i think i i was watching some mickey mouse with my kid and i was like man mickey mouse is so canceled yeah <laughs> it is like some real like wild stuff man the 30s and 40s man we just say whatever about people
1: it was it was it was a different time yeah was, yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, the Looney Tunes. I mean, like that stuff is still like that endures for a reason. It's just got a real classic,
1: right, uh, right,
0: sense about it. It's just I love watching those old cartoons, those old comedies from the '30s and '40s because you get some real just smart stuff that's really oh, yeah. Yeah. endured.
1: Yeah, yeah, good, good stuff. Um, good stuff, right?
0: Wow, I could talk to you all afternoon. I can't because you got we've got stuff to do, right? But, um, this has, been, uh, this has been Jeff Mark, Dr. Jeff Mark from the Office of Public Counsel, talking to us about everything uh, consumer related with uh, utilities. And this has been James Owen with Renew Missouri. If you like what you hear on this podcast, go subscribe to it on all major platforms, write a review, share it on your social media platforms yourself. And uh, yeah, again, if you're getting this, you're probably getting this uh, towards the end of the year. We really, really do need your support and your help. Uh, there's a lot of things going on at the legislature next year, including kind of a big bill involving the public council office about appropriations right. on that, which I think is also, which is something we would support and we think is important um, about how that, where that money is coming from. And uh, we can't use grant money for that folks. So we need your help to do it. And uh, if you have any questions about that, you can email me at james org. But in the meantime, have a happy new year, welcoming in 2021 and we will see you next time on the radio.